Santa's got the same job every Christmas Eve. Yeah! But this year, he's doing it a little differently. He's got a new suit. Completely flame retardant. A turbocharged sleigh. Some magical elves. <laughs> and a new attitude. <laughs> now, he's ready for the big night. Is he Rudolph? You can own your copy. Freeze, fat boy. Of the movie that shows Santa in a whole new light. Disney's The Santa Claus. On sale now. Rated PG. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. Thanks for joining us again. I am Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, who was dancing his little butt off during that VHS on-sale advertisement, Tyler Wilson. I was doing the dance that they do in the movie. Oh, is that what you were doing? When the elves and Santa Claus are going down to that music toward the climax, and they put the fists up, and they're doing a sideways walk. It's yeah, great. you heard that right. We are talking about the Santa Claus today. On this episode. On this episode. It's Christmas time. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Last year, we did four Christmas episodes. You can go back and listen to them. We list, we, yeah. uh, What do we do? Like Jingle All the Way. Sure did. Serendipity. Yep. Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Teen Witch. No, that wasn't it. You always say that, though. We always like to just mention <laughs> the Teen Witch episode. Then we also did Home Alone. Yes. So, but this year we're starting it off with the Santa Claus from 1994. Yeah. And before we get into how much you love it and how my job during this podcast episode is just going to be to rein Tyler in. I have several pages of notes. I'm sure you do. <laughs> so it, in when we were watching this movie, you told me, oh, we don't need to take notes. No, I didn't say that. So I didn't take notes. I said, I'm taking notes. And now it turns out you have several pages of several notes. Several pages. So many questions for you. I've got answers. Good. good. Okay. Because I also have some questions. Okay. And a fan theory that we're going to discuss. A fan theory from not not one of our... I'm a fan, but we're not saying it's I'm my a fan, theory. No, a fan theory from the internet. Oh, the internet. I see. You know, you know how the internet, the people on the things, like on the Reddits and the Twitters. Ray is a Skywalker. Those types of fan okay. theories. Okay. That's, so, like, that's a pretty basic one. That's... <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Yeah. Is she a Skywalker? Well, they said that she wasn't, but you know, but, like, people. Is she? You know how people are. If she's not, they should just show us who her real, but they should show us her biological parents fucking. So then we know for sure she's not. That'll be a first for a Star Wars movie. There's no sex in Star Wars? I mean, no. I don't mean like. But let's think about that. Is there no? Just, just the. There hasn't Just been. the brother sister kiss? The brother sister kiss Han, you know, and Leia. They they get romantic. Man, you know what Star Wars is missing? Uh, Pat, some banging. No, Padme and Anakin. They get go to town after some sand or whatever I don't in the middle movie and then the third that. movie. And Do then she gave him? him like a dirty look at the end of uh, the first Phantom Menace when he was just a little kid and everybody's still weirded Gross. out by that. Well, it wasn't like a weird look, but now people have. You know, I mean, it's no like a grown ass woman kissing a young boy like in the previous episode. Blank check. That was two episodes ago. But yeah. I said previous. Yeah, I say. I thought you said the previous episode. No, in a previous episode. In a previous. Roll episode. the tape. It was a. Re- it was a recent episode. Okay, so before we talk about the Santa Claus, mm-hmm. I don't know how we got onto Star Wars, but yep, Santa, the Santa Claus. Uh, Tyler, what you been watching? Well, you and I uh, took our children, like most parents, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we took all of all four of our kids to see Frozen Two, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw most of it. But I did get up uh, to refill that popcorn, like, I don't know, four times. One, a couple, it was really busy out there, so I didn't uh, get it sometimes, because I was like, I don't want to sit in that line or whatever. But 
I missed uh, some parts. You missed some significant chunks of the movie. But what did you think? Our kids all liked it. They all thought it was good. I feel like it could have been bad and they still would have thought it was good. Maybe. Although Marion, our eight-year-old, did have some criticisms. She did. She kind of was hoping for the movie to get uh, moving on the adventure part for a little bit. So, like, when actually when it happened, one of the few things she said during the movie was like, Oh, finally, I've been waiting for this adventure to start. And, uh, you know, I could kind of agree with her. I think it takes a... It's, it's got a lot of moving parts at the beginning. It's got a lot of exposition. There's a flashback within a flashback right off the bat. I mean, it's really doing some work. It's laboring to get this thing going as a sequel, right? Because, I mean, it, I, you know, it's hard. Listen, it, to do, like, a proper sequel to the first Frozen, it takes a little bit of effort to kind of make it not seem like it's just a cash grab, right? And to their credit, they've spent some time to work on it. I liked it, I think, a lot more than you did, but you did miss some chunks. I miss some also, chunks. I'm, I'm a sucker for some types of storylines, which I think is what Frozen is going after. It's, it's just like, women in their 30s, you're going to like this movie. Do you have a sister? Oh, okay. You'll probably like this movie. Are they supposed to be in their 30s or like 20s? No, but you know, just yeah. like, it's aimed at like women with children. I I guess. <laughs> it, it, it has a, it's a fantasy adventure, which is kind of up your alley. You it like is. that kind of stuff. It's got like the elements, fire, yeah. earth. Wind. I I I didn't think it was like bad. I I liked. I enjoyed it. it I I think the first one's better. Um, but you know, I I we listened to. I turned on the the soundtrack for the kids after the fact a few days later, and I um, was enjoying most of the music. So while I don't think there's like a let it go type song in this, um, in terms of just being like the the biggest hit ever, right? I think that the music is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Really like that '80s anthem that the the main dude gets in the mm-hmm. middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a fan of that one. Um, yeah, so yeah, when I was watching that scene, I was like, "This is an '80s music video." Well, and we this is fantastic. It seemed like you and I were the only ones that were really excited about that particular and I was song, like, <laughs> and no one else's. That's pretty good. And then Weezer, they did a they do a version of it on the later part of the soundtrack, which is cool. Um, but I think what Frozen was missing was highs. And lows. It really just stuck right there in the middle. Frozen there, 2. Yeah. Frozen 2. There were no, like, there wasn't a lot of funny. And there wasn't a lot of sad. The sadness wasn't, like, that sad. I missed the sad part, so. <laughs> I know, but even, like, the sad part, I didn't cry. And I'm a crier, and I didn't cry. So it didn't quite. I don't think it built the right tension in which you cry and then you laugh. And this coming off of we just watched Mr. Raj. Nah, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Right. Where totally different kind of movie, but yeah. Where you have that tension and that sadness in the comedy, though, yeah. and which Pixar is really, really good at. This isn't Pixar, though. I know. I was making a comparison. A different comparison. Like yeah. Toy Story Four. I think Toy Story Four is uh, considerably better than Frozen Two. I'll mm-hmm. fight anyone on that. I'm going to be sad when Frozen Two beats it at the Oscars, because <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen, just because it's recent. Um. But it's it's not bad. It's good. It, I like the music. I liked a lot of it. I just thought it, it did take a little while to get going. And it's got more plot than it does depth. Plot on heavy on plot, heavy on a lot of things going on. I'm sure our two younger kids did not understand anything that was going on, but they were dancing around. Our three youngest kids. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> Probably. If you asked Elliot to tell you what that movie was about, let me let me He's tell just, you what he's gonna say. I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. This is this might seem petty, but it's uh it's called Frozen. Movie need a little bit more snow. It takes place in the fall, which I get all different. They're trying to do a different deal, right? Eh, give me some more snow. She's got, she's she has ice powers. Give me the snow. Just saying. I know. 
This is why we live in a cold-ass place, because you're like, I like snow, even though you don't actually like being in snow, like skiing. I like looking at it on a movie screen. Yeah. (laughs) We could live somewhere warmer. I could look, but that's that's fine. I'm just saying that the movie called Frozen needs more snow. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, we also went date night to Knives Out. And I remember seeing this trailer, what feels like a year and a half ago. I think they probably did a teaser a long, long while ago. It's, it's Ryan uh, Johnson who made the last Star Wars movie. He's not doing the next one. but um, yep. yep. And it has Daniel Craig, who's British, but he's playing a Southern guy. Southern private detective. detective and yeah. he is, I mean, another character in the movie refers to him, I believe, as like Foghorn Leghorn, KFC. With your Southern draw. Oh, yeah. They southern draw. It's like, oh, the game is afoot. Oh, I something mean, is going on around here. Yeah, yeah. I had forgotten the trailer and the first time he started talking, yeah. I just looked at you and started whacking and was like, what the fuck is yeah. this? I mean, that is kind of the big draw of the movie, I would say, is this performance. Um, it's good. It's it's a it's a clever movie. I think it it's it's breezy. It's entertaining. Uh, some good performances across the board. Christopher Plummer uh, is good. He's kind of the he's the murder victim, but there are some flashbacks. And Chris Evans is in it. Tony Collette is playing kind of a fun, crazy character. Jamie Lee mm-hmm. Curtis and Michael Shannon. They both were good. Although I wanted a little bit more. I just wanted some more Jamie Lee Curtis from the movie because mm-hmm. she's always pretty good. Uh, yeah, it has a. We won't get into it, but uh, there's a. It kind of turns itself on its on its own heels pretty early in the movie. It, it kind of turns into something else, which I found really refreshing because mm-hmm. it was it kind of moved away from what it seemed to be like a typical whodunit. It gives you a new angle. Uh, I can't recall the actress's name at the moment, which I'm sorry I made, didn't look it up. But the kind of the other main character is of uh, the the man who gets murdered, Christopher Plummer's nurse, and or Marta is her name, and she has a condition where. If she lies, she throws up. And so that's used well, to, to say the least. Like, she can't, uh, and she knows some shit because she's been around the, the, the house, right? So I liked all that. I didn't, uh, it's got some amazing reviews, and I think maybe it's just because people are so itching for, like, an original movie uh, that that is, you know, not tied in a big property that can be really entertaining. And so, yeah, I I found it to be entertaining. I don't know if it was anything... Much more than that, but I had fun watching it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was like a super memorable movie or that it'll be like in my top ten, but it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I had a good time with it. I think it's it's a smart I, it's a I, smart movie, but you know, yeah. not, I, again, it's it, if was, you like, it was fun. If you like a whodunit movie. It is. It's it's and fun. If you like and it doesn't actors. it doesn't cheat you. I I think that almost to its detriment, I I think that uh, because it's not trying to pull the rug out from under you too often. Um, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Like I like I'd, I'd rather they go that route than to, like give me some wild thing that doesn't make any sense because I don't like it when they do that because it doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't uh, satisfy the experience or it doesn't inform it at all. So yeah, uh, we watched that. Uh, you watch Vampire Diaries? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries started like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. They're done. It has eight seasons. Mm-hmm. How have I not? I feel okay. I was gonna say, how have I not watched you, this? I think you didn't. You just just talk about this on the last episode. You brought it up just now. <laughs> okay, so I'm pretty certain I have watched it previously, and uh, there's a lot of seasons mm-hmm. and a lot of episodes in each season. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be talking about Vampire Diaries for like I don't know, 15 episodes or so. Yeah, probably. So uh, after we saw Knives Out, 
I was very excited because we went like the day before Thanksgiving to see Knives Out. And Irishman was out on Netflix, a movie that I was very excited about. It's Martin Scorsese's uh, big, epic uh, new gangster movie with Robert De Niro. And I really wanted to watch it, but it's not. It's R-rated. I can't. I got, we got kids. So we went to it. I was like, I wanted to watch it in one sitting. I really did because I was excited about it. But I started it, like, way too late. Yeah, so so I, dumb. I was one of those people that watched uh, The Irishman in uh, two parts. I watched the first two hours, and then I uh, watched the next hour and a half uh, the next day. Not ideal, but uh, the movie does have – it is kind of an in, – it's kind of an interesting uh, spot to stop at about two hours because it – the tone of it changes a little bit at, at that point. Um, I think some would argue that watching it all together, it, it's more impactful – and I would probably say maybe it would, maybe it is, but usually with most movies, if you if you are dying of exhaustion and you have just have to go to bed, I'm just saying the two hour mark's not the worst place to stop because then I was able to kind of build back into uh, the movie without uh, losing. It's 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 really good. Um, so, question for you? Yeah. What do you think about our friend's comment on your social media of I won't see this movie on principle I don't want to see a bunch of old guys just trying to relive the the 90s 80s and 90s I think it's a weird comment given that it's Martin Scorsese who has had a, a, an incredible decade an incredible his I mean he's not been he's not declined like he I mean you could maybe say something about the actors involved but Scorsese he made The Wolf of Wall Street very recently. He made Silence, which is a very, very good movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where that logic comes from, frankly, because uh, he's been on the top of his game forever. He's probably our greatest living filmmaker. I mean, these kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you're just missing out by skipping a Martin Scorsese movie, but that's okay. It's Robert such De Niro. a young millennial thing to say. Yeah, well, we're millennials. So. Well, we're old millennials. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's I the said name of young the, millennials. That's the old They're millennials like, I'm not going to watch some old dudes trying to relive the 80s. Well, that's okay because there's de-aging CGI going on to make them look younger, which I found to be uh, occasionally distracting but mostly fine. Like, it, it's fine. It, it Once it, you kind of get used to it and... Uh, so Robert De Niro is the main character. He's in almost the entirety of the movie. And so he's the one that is really kind of being morphed a lot. But if you go and watch, there's a Netflix uh, little behind the scenes actual thing where they talk, Scorsese and the three actors talk. And they do talk. I mean, the other two, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, are doing, they're using makeup in some sequences when they get older, but they're also employing that. And they, I mean, they, that never stuck out to me. I thought that they just, that was an incredible job with those two. I think De Niro's a little bit tougher because he's clean shaven and, uh, they put blue eyes on him, which I, I think are unnatural. It seemed like that was like a weird thing. They made his eyes pop blue more, which I thought was, that was more distracting than the skin. Anyway, I think once you start watching it and the way it works, I mean, the movie, they get, he gets older. So, you know, it, it less, becomes less of an issue as it goes on. Uh, De Niro is as good as he's been in years. It's a, it's, I mean, yeah, okay, he's rekindling his, uh, his past glories, fine, but I'd rather have him be really good in a movie than not, so I'm okay with that, right? It's a great performance. Al Pacino's hooting and hollering and hoo on everywhere, Center of the Woman, he's playing Jimmy Hoffa. I think it works for the character he's playing, so that is a, a, a an excellent way to deploy Al Pacino. And then Joe Pesci, who hasn't been in a movie in years, I think he's been just basically retired, he is incredible. Like, he's not playing the guy that you remember him from, like, 
Goodfellas or Raging Bull or he's not like the explosive guy. He's got this uh, quiet intensity and he never raises his voice, but he's also like kind of the dangerous guy in the whole movie. Uh, he's really good. Um, I really liked it. I, I think that it is uh, very entertaining for a while. It breezes by the first couple hours and then it becomes, uh, it slows down. Like the, it kind of becomes about at one specific moment in time and it really slows down for, for a reason that I really, um, really liked. Now, uh, I would totally watch it again with you if you were interested in watching it because I it's think it's so that entertaining. Long. Stop it. Um, <laughs> there is some, there has been some, uh, people talking online about Anna Paquin in the movie because she plays the De Niro, the De Niro's character's daughter, the adult daughter. And she has like seven lines of dialogue in the movie. And this is kind of like the similar stuff that happened with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, the summer with Tarantino, because Sharon Tate, uh, Margot Robbie's character wasn't, was in the movie, but not speaking much. Um, to say nothing of that conversation, I don't get this argument. Yes, she doesn't have many, uh, lines of dialogue. The first half of the movie, she's, the character is played by a child. By the way, doesn't speak much. The character just doesn't speak much to her father. And it's very purposeful, and she's there for a reason. There are other kids. He has other kids, other daughters. But she is the one that is the focal point. And the scene where she does have her seven lines of dialogue, which are like one-word responses, is some of the best acting in the movie by her, by everybody. So I don't know. It's not a movie about her, and she's she's serving a good purpose, a, a nice purpose, and she is giving a great performance in a limited uh, role. I I don't understand where we are culturally where we're we're, we're hitting on this uh well she's not uh, she doesn't have any lines of dialogue you're doing her wrong like it's some kind of like like Martin Scorsese is being sexist by telling the story of Frank Sheeran who is a mobster and then not somehow just stopping for a half hour to fill us in this character. It's an absurd criticism. Uh, she's really good in the movie, and I like that performance. And I think her seven... The fact that she speaks a little is a central key to the movie uh, working toward the end. You look stressed out by this comment. I'm not stressed out. I just you think it's... You look stressed uh, out. I just think it's, uh, you know, just Your weird... Your arms are crossed. You look irritated. And by the way, I don't I don't necessarily have an issue with uh, uh, Margot Robbie not speaking much in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I had more issue with just kind of what the movie was about generally in terms of her character, but it wasn't like because she was not speaking much that's a kind of a silly thing i don't know i don't know man you just sound like a total white dude right now i do i'm defending these white guy directors that's what our friend was talking about he just doesn't want to see a bunch of white men old white men making more movies featuring old white men i would just say that the the character that she plays is pretty much the only semblance of a a, a moral center in the movie and the fact that that comes across, even though she has so little screen time, is probably a testament to the skill of the filmmaking. Just saying. What's I think what people struggle with mm. is that women exist in stories. Yeah. But they're not told in stories. Well, yeah. And this is how I would, well, how I would respond to that. Martin Scorsese is an incredible filmmaker. He can make a film whatever he wants. What we do need is not him making more stories about women because we're forcing him to do it. We need more female filmmakers and writers and performers doing these movies and creating those uh, those projects so we can have those too. Like, we need more of those. We don't need Martin Scorsese doing them. We need everybody doing them, more people doing them. That's what you need. Another question for you. Mm -hmm. Do we need this movie? What? Do the, we need this movie? The Irishman? Yeah. I really like it. I think that... Did it add it, something new to the, the film realm of film? 
it is like because it plays so much like Goodfellas toward the beginning, it does for a while seem like why why go back to this genre for Scorsese? But what he does with what he with this character, especially in the last hour and a half, I think is uh kind of Scorsese I'm not the only one to have said this, I'm probably copying it directly from someone else, but I think he's commenting on some of the things he's made and he's he's an older person and he's being reflective about a legacy. Is and this I think it's his good. is this his um expendables? <laughs> the expendables? <laughs> what a comparison. Have it's, you watched him expendables it's the movie? Expendables of Martin Scorsese. I mean Harvey Keitel's in this thing too. That's a he's a regular, right? Uh yeah. There's no Leo DiCaprio. It feels like this would really have been the capper. You could say, like, okay, Scorsese retire if he had managed to get like DiCaprio in the movie in a big role. DiCaprio and DiCaprio wasn't old enough because that's we could have played younger. Uh, he could have done it. They could have split it up. I think it would have been weird to do that. But uh, really, you use like his current uh, person he uses a lot and his old one with Joe Pesci with Al Pacino. He never worked. All with, right. But. Well, we're gonna end this Scorsese. It's good. Don't we want to get into his comments about Marvel movies? I'm shaking my head no, because who could fucking care? Hmm. Interesting. Everybody cared for like a month and a half. I don't know he why. Was critical. Because he was critical of not he wasn't even critical. It's just a stupid argument that people have rather than talk about real things. Well, what did he say? He said that he didn't he really <laughs> I feel like you told me this and then I just went ahead and He had a quote where he said, like, that's not cinema, that's like a different thing. It's a amusement park ride, blah 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 blah. And guess what? He's Martin Scorsese. He can say whatever the fuck he wants about what cinema is and what it should do. And two, he's kind of right. It is an amusement park attraction. It's valuable and good, and I really like them. But he, what he's saying the word cinema, he meant cinema as he knows it and understands it. It doesn't. It's not meant to be taken offense by everybody under the sun. Oh, I think it was definitely meant to be offensive, and he did not give. A he shit. wrote a full letter explaining his uh, like he wrote into a whole newspaper and explained his his explained his purpose and really what the issue was was those movies sucking out all the screens and taking away screenings from real movies and smaller projects. Not from real was, movies. Not. From other people's movies that are not just Disney making these giant properties. I mean, he's not wrong. So, exactly. I It's a pointless argument because there's other things to worry about. But then so let's not get you, upset that Martin Scorsese... Do you recommend The Irishman? I think it's great. It's one of the best of the year. Okay. Moving on to the last thing you watched. Am, uh, as if to, like, try to... Uh, Balance? To the bounce, the bounce back against uh, Netflix, Amazon put out the report... Which is not going to get much Oscar traction. It doesn't seem like anyway. Uh, he, it's uh, a movie about the torture report. It's the torture is the thing that's redacted in the title. It shows that on screen. And this is something that we after nine eleven we were you know waterboarding people and blah 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 blah. We stopped it right when the Obama administration uh, sure, get it. Anyway, marks. there was an investigation, a, a congressional investigation, and it was led by uh, this character that's played by Adam Driver in the movie. Uh, that's a key to the movie's success. He's great, right? He's great in everything. He's in a lot of movies this year. He's so talented. He's in that. Okay. He's in Marriage Story, which comes out on Netflix next week. He's in Star Wars. I mean, he's all over the place. What? Yeah. Um, it's 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 a challenging movie because it is like a movie about a guy who's reading a lot of documents, <laughs> and so they use that by kind of flashing back to the situations that he's reading about. But like, he has to put pieces together. Then he's getting pushback from. Uh, you know, congressional leadership. He's getting pushed back from uh, the president, the Obama administration, because they're just like, let's move on from this. So John Hamm is kind of playing a guy from like that part, and then he is technically working for Diane Feinstein. 
And this, she's played by Annette Bening, who's also very good in the movie. So it's kind of this weird, like, procedural, like, investigative procedural movie, which is kind of my jam. So I like that kind of stuff. I, I don't think it's going to get much traction with a lot of people. It has decent reviews, but it's really Adam Driver kind of driving it the whole time. Ooh, did I see what I did there? His I name did. is Driver, driving mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. He's good in everything, though, so... I liked it. It is, and I think it's an important uh, subject matter. We uh, did these things, and people don't uh, realize that. There's a lot of stuff we did. It wasn't probably great. You know, if you watch a little show called The Punisher, <laughs> you would know that we Marvel's definitely the tortured some people, and The Punisher was there, and he witnessed some stuff, and maybe participated in some stuff. So, you know, if you're into this non-cinematic world, well, superheroes... We have also have a massive uh, congressional report about all the things we did, but we kind of tried to like sweep it under the rug. It sounds like well, no so. one wants to read that much. Well, no one put it in a show. They put it in a show. It's called the report. It's available on Amazon Prime right now. It's perfect. There you go. Watch it. It's good. It's worth your time. Why not? Yeah. That's okay. it. That's all I got. That's all you got. Mm-hmm. That is shocking. That's all you got. What a shift, though. We're gonna go in from like torture, okay, so torture. and the Irishman, who was about a hitman into like if we had ended with frozen 2 that would have been more that would have been more linear yeah, that was a real poor plan made more sense to go the other so way. on the note of frozen 2 and winter and christmas right we are talking about the santa claus and we're going to kick off with some high stats oh yeah high stats before we talk about what what we remember great okay so the santa claus came out in november of 94 November 11th, yes. 1994. Yep. It is rated... PG. PG. It is one hour... 31 minutes. 37 minutes. Not a little bit long, but... Pretty yeah. close. A little close to that 90 minutes, right? You know, I'm a November person, as in I was born in November. It's a good month for movies. It's generally a very good month for yeah. movies. You get a lot of uh, kind of big ones, plus a lot of those uh, awardy contenders. Yeah, it's a good month for yep. movies in general. In general. This movie stars Tim Allen. Judge Reinhold, oh, oh. Wendy Crewson, Eric Lloyd, and other people. David Crumholtz? Come on, don't forget the Crumholtz. Larry Brandenburg? I don't know. <laughs> Why you're just naming other people? Peter now? Boyle? Peter Boyle. That's the Everybody Loves Raymond Dad and Young Frankenstein. And some other people. Yeah. Okay. How much did this uh, movie do we think uh, budgeted cost to make? $60 million. No! $22. Oh, wow. $22 million. However, you know that makes sense. It, 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 there's some special effects, but then really, it's not a lot of. There's not a lot of like action. The, the sequel. However, fun fact: the yeah. sequel was like 65 million. Yeah. And then the third one, they were like, "Oh fuck no, reel that back." That was like 12 million. 12 million? Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem right. That's what I read. Wow. Because the second one was a pretty big hit for them, but I think the third one came out a couple years after that momentum had died down. And they're like, we're not giving you fucking $65 million again. Well, I mean, I have thoughts, but that third Santa Claus movie is not great. <laughs> so it grossed in the U.S. $144 million, It's a big hit. And worldwide $190 million. Were you uh, one of those uh, people that were there Cause I, at the theater? Because I sure was. I was definitely not at the theater. I don't think. I don't know. This was an I opening. don't remember. This was an opening night movie for me and my family. Because for the Wilson family? Wilson, we'll get into this, but uh, it wasn't just me and my... I've told you that I I was a big fan, as a, as a lad, of Home Improvement, Tim Allen's sitcom. Well, I wasn't the only one in the house that was a fan of Home Improvement. That was like my dad's jam. That was my mom's jam. And so we were going to jam on down to see the Santa Claus I can't believe I married at the movie this, theater. This, your whole family. This whole thing that you guys got going on. More power. You know what we watched growing up? Ben for Tools is proud to present Tool Time. The Norm Show. 
That was later. I watched the Norm Show too, but we were in high school when that was on. Don't be a snob. <laughs> we watched Roseanne. Don't be so. Jeez, oh, we're not gonna get into Roseanne. <laughs> Roseanne was a good show back in the day, though. So we watched dinosaurs. <laughs> yep, I watched dinosaurs. We I watched did, all these as shows. a family. Also, yeah. The Simpsons. Well, The Simpsons was one that we did not watch in our family. Because your family sucks. Your family's like home improvement. My family's like, yeah, I'll let our kids watch The Simpsons. And now we've passed that along to let our children watch Bob's Burgers. My parents are cooler than your parents. Uh, have you seen Home Improvement? It's great. Well, before we talk about how much you love Home Improvement and Tim Allen, um, <laughs> let's do our little segment called What Do You Remember? Okay. And Tyler, this is the segment where we sit down before we watch, go back and rewatch the movie and write what we remember about the plot, about the experience, whatever the hell we feel like writing. Right. And then whoever has the funnier bit gets to read second. That's when I'm, I'm not trying to, are you trying to write jokes? Cause I'm no. not trying to be funny. No, uh, you're always trying to I'm be funny. I'm not trying to be funny. Mm, you're always trying to be funny. I'm literally. Do I amuse you? Is that what you're saying? Always. That's why I married you. Is that, is that funny to you? So I'll, I'll go Dude, I was doing a Joe Pesci thing because oh we talked about him earlier. So what do you remember? I went with the traditional, I'm just going to tell you the plot. Okay. So if uh, you are an old millennial, I bro- I definitely don't need to read this because you also remember everything. Sure. Um, Tim Allen is a workaholic at a toy company. He neglects his kid and is divorced because he prioritizes work over family. A classic tale of working men. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah, I, I don't cracked know. a joke there. Well, why are you? Well, mine's Cracking not funny. Jokes. Mine's not even trying to be funny. On Christmas Eve, Santa ends up falling off Tim's roof. He picks up Santa's business card and bam, becomes Santa. A trip to the North Pole and a year of transforming into Santa with an improving relationship with his kid ensues. The movie ends on the Christmas of the following year with his ex and her husband seeing he's Santa and the kid getting to ride in his sleigh with him. It's a classic for Team Wilson. Thanks to Tyler. Yeah, he wrote a lot of the details. Yeah. The movie. So we don't really need to go through all the plot points in, in this episode. Well, but I have questions about a lot of those points. Okay. I wrote, it's a Christmas movie with, all caps, more power. Because that's from the show, Home Improvement. Oh, God. Grunt, grunt, grunt is what I wrote. It's like he does the grunt. See, you're, you're trying to No, this is what I'm writing. It's the Tim <laughs> Allen smash where Tim Allen was at the peak of his powers. I wrote Tim Allen twice in one sentence. Sure did. Because I wrote it on my phone in front of our children. Why are you making that face? <laughs> just waiting for you to finish. Me, I saw man. this movie in the theater a couple of times, and for a long a time, a couple of times, yeah. What the? Fuck? And for a long time, it was an annual Christmas tradition to watch it. I know this movie inside and out. Could recite much of it, and did while watching it. By the way, it's true. I the, can vouch for that. The first half hour is very much like a blockbuster episode of Home Improvement, with the tool man being all doofy doing Santa's job. Home Improvement was my favorite uh, show at the time, so that was delightful. That's what I wrote. I already said that. Also, I did watch a lot of Home Improvement growing up. My longstanding opinion has been that this movie holds up, but the annual viewings haven't been happening. Too much Hallmark dog shit we've been filling our time with, I guess. So I you wrote. have been watching. You love yourself some Hallmark. Christmas oh, it's such movies. dog shit. But you love it. I do. <laughs> it's bad. But you. I love haven't watched it. that much of it this year. Uh, but you, it's there's a few of those Nef- There's a few of those Netflix ones I'm ready to go on though. <laughs> oh my god, you're only two days into the month, right? So, yeah, I I really uh, before we watched it this time, my opinion was that this movie is great, and my opinion uh, continues to be that it is great. Okay, so <laughs> let's not go through the plot points. I'm not going to go through the plot points, because but I have I lots of questions. Everyone who's listening knows what happened in this movie and remembers. The it. first thing I want to talk about 
is not related to the plot, so... It is the massive confusion that this movie caused culturally, with adding that E to the end of the title. Agreed. Now no one can spell Santa Claus correctly. Not at all. And it's so, so frustrating. So it's clause with an E because it is like uh, of, the, of the words of a contract, right? And that is spoken in the movie when he yep. reads the card and it is on yep. the lining of the card, right? But people... After this movie come out, came out, and when the sequels came out, they couldn't for the fucking life of them on social media, in news articles that I read yep. by big time uh, publications, they kept adding the E when referring to Santa Claus the person, and then sometimes not referring to the movie by its actual title. More often, they'd re- they incorrectly title the movie just Santa Claus, no E. Mm-hmm. But I saw it the other way where people oh, were sure. saying Santa Claus with an E at the end. And it was so frustrating. I think what's going to happen here mm-hmm. is we're going to have um, the Berenstein timeline issue. Yes! Where um, people born after 1994 yeah. are going to swear to God that Santa Claus has always been spelled with an E and that something happened in the rift. But it didn't. In there this, are going to be... In this scenario, it was just this fucking movie that broke it. And let's be clear. The people that are going to think that are dumb. Or they just love Tim they Allen. They can... I, I think it's totally fine to miss... Uh, spell the name of the movie. Yes, you can. But what I'm saying is, it's okay to mis uh, mis say this movie is Santa Claus with no E. I get that. But when it's the other way around, that's frustrating because that is just culturally wrong. Yeah, for a long time. So I totally agree with you. But yeah, that was a big a big deal. And because there was a movie called Santa Claus the Movie in the 80s, which is not very good, but we'll probably cover it if this podcast continues on. Oh. As this podcast continues on. Uh, But not anytime soon, because it's not a movie that is uh, that good. I did watch it recently. Did you really? (laughs) A couple years ago, I watched it. Oh, no, I feel like I watched part of it with you. We might have Netflix Netflix disked that motherfucker. Oh, God, that sounds like a... That was not even that... That was only a couple years ago we were still doing that, so... Netflix discs, what are those? I I wish I was... I still kind of wish I was getting them, but it was a little slow for us here, so... I know. know. It was faster when we lived 30 miles away. I don't know, I don't get it. Distribution centers and mail. I don't understand it. We're, like, across the state border now. Or they were trying to get people off the plans. They didn't want to keep buying the DVDs, so... Okay, what's Uh, your next point? Okay, so uh, I made a reference to this in the... uh, My What Do I Remember... The first half hour of this movie is like home improvement. The movie, right? He literally With magical says stuff. His, uh, ho ho ho! In his at the ho, end of ho, it. Ho. Yep, he does that. But he is playing. Other than he has no fan, you know, he's got one kid. They're divorced, right? And typical. Yeah. So, but like the things that happen when he becomes Santa Claus or you know puts the suit on are like the tool man. Being aloof and having to deal with these magical situations in a comical way that we're used to seeing hilariously on our screens on ABC on Tuesday nights. Had Tim Allen been on any other movies, or was this his uh, debut? He might have been screen. in some films. I can't remember. False, this was his big screen debut. You it failed really? the first fun fact trivia, which I will be sprinkling in throughout the podcast. That's pretty good. I mean, I would, yeah, I, I was going to say it was his first, like, major You're thing. Oh, for one, sir. I, I'm not going to say that he never appeared in anything because there's people appear in little uh, things well, all the time. You hedged your bet the He wrong was a way. comedian, though. He was not really ever an actor. Um, so this was his first big screen performance. The show had been on uh, for a while, a couple years anyway. And then, of course, Toy Story came out the following year and that's when he became Buzz Lightyear so and then later on people started hating him because of uh, various things but mm-hmm. we don't have to get into that right now what I loved about this beginning though was that just this, it's just very much like that character it's not like this Disney movie 
uh, about Santa Claus or this magical. I mean, that stuff happens later, and you get a lot of that, which is good stuff. But for this first part, it is just him being kind of a idiot dad mm-hmm. to the son. But the first thing it, it it opens oddly, right? Because yes, it yes it does. It opens with an office Christmas party on Christmas Eve. What asshole? A toy is company scheduling- too. A Christmas party on Christmas fucking Eve. It's a toy company of anybody. This is the this these are the people that and should probably not work on this at day. the Christmas party. Tim yeah. Allen's up there with a microphone talking to his his people, yep. and he's like, "Oh, and I don't remember his name, Phil over there. Phil's wife's not here. Yeah, because his wife is home with the fucking children because it's Christmas fucking <laughs> it's Eve. Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They're so, talking about sitting on Santa's lap. No, the thing. they're talking about how the secretary is sitting on Phil's lap. Ha ha ha! Because Phil's <sighs> wife's not there because she's home with the children on Christmas. So Eve. weird. This I is love, why you're divorced. I love '90s Disney movies where they did not give a shit about their image. They're yeah. like, PG's good enough. We can they're sneak like, some other stuff they're in. They're like, we'll hire this previously convicted co- uh, cocaine addict. It's cool. Jeez, you're so, you're just like everybody else on the internet just dogging on Tim Allen. That was years before Dog on Tim Allen because he's a conservative. Is that your problem? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great that he did cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. 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 <laughs> Angela's pro-cocaine. And totally. for the record... I am always pro-cocaine. Listen. Now, I've never done cocaine. Tim Allen has uh, opinions, and I don't care about them, because he's a comedian. He needs Buzz Lightyear, and I love the Toy Story franchise, so that's fine with me, too. The problem... The only problem... I'm just going to air this out now. The only problem I have with Tim Allen is that that second show he has... Last Man Standing. Yeah. It's just a shell of home improvement, and it bothers me. It really me. is. And it's 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 politicized, which I think is a little bit annoying, but whatever. But no, it's just like, it's a shell of what that was. It's not as good, and I don't understand why we have it. Just watch Home Improvement. True. It's still good, except for the last couple seasons. I feel like you were saying something, and I got us off track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were talking about the Christmas party. That's all I had about that. Um, we get introduced. He goes home. He, oh, we get that, um... Oh, I, you were talking about how the movie starts. But then it, it rallies, because I really like the drive home he has, because it has, like, that version of that song I like, that, oh, but it's, oh. like, those little kids doing it, kind of, or, like, high yep. pitch, and he's driving around in, like, a little wintry neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, back on board, this movie's Christmassy, right? It's got that Christmassy vibe. And then we meet, um, his divorced, uh, his wife, who's Wendy Crewson. The kid comes over. We got Judge Reinhold uh, here. Uh, Judge Reinhold is uh, he crushes this movie. He crushes the franchise. Let's just put that out there. Judge Reinhold underrated. I would watch Mock Trial with Jay Reinhold if I could every single day. Do you think he has a schmarmy, schmucky face? Yeah, it works for him in this movie, especially. It really does. And his sweater game in this movie. On point. It is a huge uh, asset to the movie. Tim Allen's character comments on his awful sweaters the whole time. They're fabulous. They are what I would used to deem them to be Cosby sweaters, but I think we need to repurpose it because of, you know, recent uh, uh, things. We've already forgotten about that. Yeah. So, but we don't call them that anymore. We'll just call them uh, Jay Reinhold uh, sweaters. Just Neil sweaters. Yeah. No, well, but it's mock trial with Jay Reinhold. It's, it's My name is Judge. <sighs> 
So he's good in it, but he's like a psychiatrist. We get a lot of psychologist uh, psychiatrist jokes at his expense. By the way, the characters Tim Allen playing is named Scott Calvin, SC. So that will play into the movie, obviously, right? What? Everyone listening already knows that. We title. haven't mentioned it. We keep saying Tim Allen, so we could call him Scott My Calvin. trial with Jay Reinhold. So then I think the funniest bit of this movie is uh, just the next five minutes of just him having to somehow cook a turkey dinner in like an hour. That clearly is not going to go well. He yeah. burns it somehow, which means how t- well, high does the temperature have to be at, Well, you think? okay, so he's like, oh, it's almost time to, oh, I'm going to put this turkey in. He recognizes, he reads, he mumbles. Like, Four oh, hours. So I'm sure. That's a good use of that song, too. 800 degrees, yeah. therefore it'll be done in one hour. And it is the tool man, so you know his oven has yes. more power and goes up to a higher temperature <laughs> than everybody else's oven. That makes exactly. sense. So it to- makes total sense yep. that he would have a hotter oven, but it goes spectacularly wrong. He's let- he's putting out the fire of the turkey. Which is very reminiscent uh, of... Home improvement. Oh, yeah. it's totally just that. And then he's uh, like... home improvement. What? Tool time. That's home improvement. Yeah, but specifically the show Tool Time. Uh, he called. He created Pratt Falls at home just as often as he did on Tool Time. That is my also friend. true. Um, his his son, uh, Charlie. Uh, he's like, oh, those flames are really big, Dad. And he's like, yeah, turkey's funny that way, which is pretty good. So that's funny, right? Funny oh, bit. Yeah. So then we go on to uh, he's gonna they're gonna go drive out, and this is what I find to be some of the most fascinating product placement. I've ever seen in a movie because they go to Denny's because it's always open, right? And that's like seems positive, right? They're even open on Christmas Eve. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you don't love that as a consumer. You're like, oh, what those people go home, but you know, people need to go eat food. I think that's an admirable thing, right? Fun fact number two: mm-hmm. In which country was this Denny's located? Which country mm-hmm. did they shoot there? Canada. Canada. Yeah, I would guess that they shot in Canada. You only got that because I said which country. Well. Yeah, but it wouldn't Most surprise me. Most of this was me. actually shot in warm weather states. Uh, yeah, I could so see that. So you're, you're one for two. <laughs> okay. Denny's, product placement. But he right off positive. the bat, Charlie is like, I don't want to eat here. <laughs> like, right off the bat. The kid's a dick. And then he says, well, he's upset because he, he, he has a poor relationship with his dad, right? He doesn't and care about Christmas him. And it's Christmas Eve and his dad sucks. And he sucks because he doesn't get anything ready. So... It, then he goes, like, what's wrong with Denny's? It's an American institution. And, and then cut to uh, a bunch of <laughs> Asian people in the... Uh, it's because they're in Canada. Yeah, they're in Canada. They're yeah, It's like a gag of culturally, like, it's not an American institution is the suggestion, or it is. Like, it's a muddled or message. Or is it a gag of Christmas vacation when they go to the Chinese restaurant? It's not Christmas vacation. It's a Christmas story. I mean, a Christmas story when they go to the Chinese restaurant. When we do that movie, should we play a game of, is it racist? No, we yeah. probably won't. The question is, if you're asking, yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so... But and yes, that's that not, was racist. That's not the end of this Denny's thing, because then the waitress comes up and is just like, oh, we have a eggnog. He wants eggnog, and it's like, we're out of eggnog. He's like, coffee, or whatever, black. And then uh, he wants, Charlie wants chocolate milk. He's like, oh, we're out. And then they're, they're out of everything. <laughs> so then he's like, oh, at least they got fresh apple pie. And she's like, we did. And he's like, mm-hmm, which I think is a good little thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But again, the waitress. Who are on Christmas Eve at goddamn Denny's. How is this a positive image for Denny's? 
it's not it's working like, out. They show no shitty, food. but we're open. Right. And then there's other... This, this is a classic 90s thing. You already made a comment about this classic story of a shitty dad, right? Mm-hmm. The, the other section of this restaurant is just full of, like, dads, single, single dads. dads with their kids. Lots of nods. And a lot of... Pans oh, through. burn the turkey, and the guy held up his burnt hand. Yeah. Uh, it's all funny, but it is a commentary on the state of uh, fatherhood in the 90s, 1990s I guess. 1990s dads. <laughs> Absent fathers everywhere. That's us. All of us, except that... Yeah. Our parents were married while we were growing up, but most of my friends' parents got divorced. Well, there you go. Um, So, yeah. I just... I really like all that uh, that stuff. And then, of course, uh, we get him to bed. We get uh, Charlie to bed. Here you go. You're going through the plot. We know the plot. No, but we're getting... Oh, yeah. But I'm getting to the thing about what I want to talk about. So... They hear a thump on the roof. Charlie is kind of doubting what's going on magically, right? So, uh, he's... uh, you know, worried about what's going on. Someone lands on the roof, and then we get, I think, another thing, again, that we would get in a lot of Disney movies now, which mm-hmm. is that Tim Allen runs out there, yells, who's out there, and then Santa Claus falls off this roof and dies. <laughs> okay, fun fact trivia number three. Mm-hmm. According to Tim Allen's story on Jimmy Fallon, okay, what was the original story of how that happened? Of how he fell? Of what happened on the roof. Oh, man. I wish I had seen this Jimmy. That sounds like a good interview. Yeah, it's on the internet. I probably will watch that. I'll probably now. Let me make a note and I'll have to put a short clip in there. You got a guess, at least? Uh, does he... Is it? In, does Tim, is Tim Allen directly involved? I'm not answering questions. <laughs> you were giving a guess. God, you're such a cheater. Did he, like, get tangled up in lights or something like that? And go down or what? So now you're one for three. Oh, I don't. That's a that's that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad I, these are fun facts. I'm glad I'm learning new things. <laughs> okay, so the fun fact is I'm don't I'm not I'm not worried about the batting average. And I'm not I'm not reading these. So if I get some of them slightly wrong, <laughs> <laughs> so Just, it might not even be a true the story. Details. Good the job. Details. The gist of it is the original story was that Tim Allen thinks it's a burglar and he shoots. Oh, okay, and that makes sense with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> to which whatever Disney guy was like, yeah, we can't start, we can't do that. And to which Tim Allen's good. like, what, you murder, like, all the parents in all your movies. I kind of, listen, I kind of agree with him. <laughs> so, uh, we'll insert a clip, maybe. And let's be clear that, uh, to be, I mean, it's a little bit disney fied because he does fall off the roof, and then the body disappears, and he waves. So, I mean, you could argue that, like, something else is at play here, right? Like, he's going away, or he's going to the next realm, Whatever, right? Blah, blah, blah. But the kid, Charlie, comes out. I was like, you got him. I was like, oh, Santa, you killed him. <laughs> like, you killed good. him. Which was fun. We watched it with our kids. And they're just like, what's... And I, I warned them before. I was like, okay, kids, just so you know, before this scene comes on, this is a fictional movie. This is not a documentary. It's not a documentary. As far as anybody knows, this has not happened this way. Just be cool. Just a story. Yep. So then we get uh, uh, some bits with uh, Tim Allen in his underwear. Because he takes, he's in his underwear. He's wearing boxers and a shirt, right? Sleeping like you do, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, he had silky. Uh, I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we were like 19, I bought you some silky boxers. Oh, you liked those, didn't you? They were red, too. I probably bought it because I No, they were like, black. Watch it. They were red and black. Remember, they were kind of sparkly? I don't think I wore those ones. You gave I'm... me some other ones that were black that I wore more. Yeah. You're like, these ones are too fancy. They're too Santa Clausy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That was only like 19 years ago. Let it go. <laughs> not, you're the one who brought it up. I didn't even like. Uh... It's your underwear. Um, so that's is where the card comes into play, and then we get like only. See, this is what I I thought that this part of the movie could go on for 45 minutes if it if it wanted to, because it is like hitting on like 
it's comic gold where he it doesn't know what he's doing he's getting you know morphed down into chimneys or chimneys are appearing he's getting sucked in he can't handle dogs attacking him guns getting shot off at him being rude to kids it's terrific and i want just a whole movie of it right that's how much I, think I like. It gives you just the right amount. Oh, it needs like at least at least five more minutes of this. No. I think. Yeah, no, 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 more. No. Give me you more. You want to leave it? Oh, you oh, leave oh. It. No. <laughs> All right. You said you had some additional. That's questions. what I'm, my big point of it is. Like uh, this was like it's my favorite part of the movie, and therefore I want more of those interactions. The kayak bit where he like pulls the kayak magically out of the little sack and it tips over and knocks the tree over, and then he just chucks the oar at it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. This is comic gold. <clears throat> Do you have any questions about the the clause, the contract? Because uh, I do. Yeah, well, I mean, we can get into that. And what's weird, what I do actually kind of like the gag where they figured out how to sequelize his movies in that they just magnify the card even more to get, like, more clauses about, like, having a wife and blah, blah, blah. I'm actually a big fan of, like, just that just blatant <laughs> disregard for logic totally. and throw in, throw in, oh, we're going to make a sequel, so we'll just figure this out some more. So let's just play a few what-ifs. Okay. Um, what if someone intentionally murdered Santa? That's a good question. I don't know why you would ever bring up such a thing. Well, then who's the Santa Claus? What? Would that person get to be Santa? What if word gets out that that's how one can become Santa? What if it's villainous? There's a kid to be Santa? in Charlie's class that brings up this very point where he's like, "Well, so what you're telling me, Santa, is that if I just push you off a roof, then I can be the I could be in charge." What was his answer? He, I don't think he answered because at the, the time he was. Is a really good question because he didn't know because at that time he didn't think he was actually the person. He thought he was a dream. It's a really good question. It so is what a good if question. Like, Tim Allen was like a pedophile murderer? It's let's say Scott Calvin because I feel like <laughs> we don't need any more of this hate, Tim Allen hate going what around. What if Scott Calvin was a pedophile and a murderer? Well, then I, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't disappear. I think. It, I think part of the implication here is that the right person arrived at the right time ultimately for this baton to be passed. I think. Oh wow, that was very Christmas spirit of you. I say he is perfect for I it. Say, eventually, though, I say it's a roll of the dice, and sometimes you're going to get a murderer. Santa, That's not how that works. I don't and think. And now Santa is a. Scary I think he dude. chose to go then because I don't think you necessarily that has to be the way. He could also retire, as it is in a lot of things. Charlie wants to go into the family business. Although we'll we'll talk about that because <laughs> Santa Claus could be a bad dude. He could be, and there are listen. There is mythology all over the place for exactly. for you to explore that that section exactly. of the world. No, um, I agree with that. Fun fact about Bernard the Elf. It's David um, Crumholtz. Whenever David Crumholtz, mm-hmm. that's the most I've said his name in my entire life, by the way, is in this podcast. I love him. Whenever I see him, I just refer to him as the Elf. Not the Elf as in Norm MacDonald from Elf, but just the Elf from this Norm MacDonald from Elf? I mean, I mean uh, Will Ferrell. Whew. I just stroked out a little. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Norm earlier. I mentioned Norm was in that movie Klaus, Claus on uh, Netflix, too, so maybe that's in your brain. It's in my brain. Anyway, yeah. I only refer to him as the elf, so when I see him on, like, Criminal Minds... Head and he's I not see on him, Criminal Minds, he's on Numbers. When I see him on Numbers, when I see him in bit TV Harold shows, and Kumar. And I'm like, look, it's the elf, and I whack you. David Crum, David Crumbles. What he? I mean, so he's the head elf, and he's supposed to because in this iteration, they're all kids, right? But they're old as shit. Like Judy is one that's like she took twelve hundred years to get her cocoa recipe right, and she looks is, like she's eight years is, old. Is Judy dumb? Because how does it take twelve hundred years? She could Question. be dumb. She just could to figure out how to make hot cocoa. I got another point about her and that scene in a minute, but 
Bernard is meant to be the oldest of the elves, right? So what's funny about it is that he already looks too old to be he in this like world. He looks like he's 35. It, it's, it works for this movie because he it's the first time we've been introduced to that, and he seems like the head guy. When he comes back in 2002 for the sequel, my God, he looks – I swear to God, he looks older than Tim Allen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I've been doing TV. Now I'm really worn out. And so he's in the movie, and it doesn't. I that that's weird. And then in the third movie, he's not in it because <laughs> they're just. He's just. I'm sure he was just like, oh, listen, guys, <laughs> we can't keep doing this. He was filming numbers. He was he. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So there was scheduling conflicts. Oh well, they had the other kid that was in the movie, the kid with Bruce Willis, a comeback for the third one, and he was he jumped up a foot in size between the two movies, which was also strange. Yep. Anyway, we're talking about the sequels. We're not talking about those sequels because we might have to do those for future episodes. <laughs> Why was Bernard oh uh, so grouchy and put uh, out? Because it's hilarious. Okay, I like that. I like that he's grumpy. I like that he is just the guy. He's seen it all, man. He's seen this so many times. He's just so tired okay. of this, right? I have additional questions. Okay. Um, how come none of the elves seem to give a shit that the old Santa died? <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. They get there. They arrive. It's a magical thing. The sleigh comes down, and they just don't give a They're shit. They're like, what else? A couple of them are just like, oh, yeah. Because this is why I feel like the right person came at the right time. They kind of knew this was going to happen. The other one was old. It was like kind of in the process. That's this my theory. This is all building towards this fan theory. We'll get to it. Oh, end. good. Well, I maybe I'm going to like this fan theory because I think that it's a it's a matter. Now I have a question about the same segment of okay. the movie. Uh, they get he gets uh, you know they get a tour of the facility. Uh, Charlie gets the globe, whatever. They go back to their room. This is where Judy brings them the cocoa and the cookies or whatever, and they're in a room. He gets pajamas that. He gets to keep. He wakes up with new pajamas, and yet he's still like, it was a dream, and yet he's got brand new pajamas. And then he thinks the waitress named Judy gave it to him, which is strange, and I like how the movie comments on that. But anyway, in this room, there is a puppet box, a, bo- a little theater box with puppets, and the puppets are active. They're doing a scene, yelling and being obnoxious, or something in the corner of the room. And then when Tim Allen takes the trousers of the costume off, they sc- they look and scream in horror, and they go back to what they're doing. So my question is, are the puppets sentient, and they are just there on their own? Or are elves back there performing a show, and when do they leave, and when do the puppet people stop talking? They're sentient. They're Next sentient. question. <laughs> well, are they going to be there when he's sleeping? They don't seem concerned about these guys just hanging out. Nah, they're sentient. They don't need food. Water. So they're just going to sit in the corner while they're sleeping? That's no, they're creepy. they're going to continue, like, doing their puppet While they're trying to sleep? Are they going to go back and Maybe take a break? they're going to take a puppet nap. Okay. I was alarming. Question. Why would you have a puppet? And why would you have a puppet theater right next to your bed? <clears throat> I mean... It is a strange... What was that old Santa doing in there? Uh, okay. And so that... I mean, that's a very good point. Because and this like, was the setup of the previous the guy, right? This died. So, like... Did they clean up the room before he got there? Was it, like, still his old sheets? Like, he had some other shit going on in there? Like, some handcuffs and <laughs> shit? the fuck? Well, okay. Oh, because we so, learn later that there's a there's a second clause in the yeah. second movie that they have yeah. to have a wife. Well, where does she go? Where did all the wives go? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rabbit hole. I don't know if we want to go down. So, anyway, I did want to remark that Judy has a line here. The little kid, Alf Judy, when uh, he said... Uh, oh, you look really good for your age, Tim Allen says that, because she, she says 1,200 years or something like that. And she goes, thanks, but I'm seeing someone in rapping, which is a funny line, but 
just strange for this movie. Kind of like how Blank Check has all that strangeness. Yeah. We're like, don't hit on the children. Like, Tim Allen has a good reaction, <clears throat> which is just like, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, and then we go back and we have this uh, weird, but I, I think very entertaining middle section of the movie where they go home. Charlie thinks it's obviously thinks it's real because they experienced it and he got jammies. And Tim Allen, Scott Calvin thinks that it's fake. And then that causes uh, a lot of concern from the ex-wife mm-hmm. and Judge Reinhold. Mm-hmm. Did you have some more thoughts here on some? Oh, yeah. I got more oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Just to let you know, we're coming in at the 55 minute Who mark. Who gives a fucking shit? This, this movie is the awesome. Four hour podcast. Uh, one of my. Uh, favorite cuts in the movie cuts to uh it's clearly time is sometime has passed and we're in the classroom and there's a fireman it's like take your (laughs) your your dad or mom to school and what their jobs are right and it cuts to a fireman who's like remember kids there's nothing more painful than third degree burns (laughs) and then the teacher says oh and then (laughs) i'm sure that i can speak on behalf of the class we're really sorry about your Your partner partner. (laughs) Which is horrible, shit. but I think it's so funny because it's just out of nowhere. Like, so holy bad. shit, this movie still got it. it has a little bit of an edge still, which is gone in the. I I I kind of like the sequel, but the the edge is totally gone. Yeah, this it's is been Disneyfied. In yeah, the this other ones. The, but some of this stuff remains in this movie, and I really just appreciate that. Um, same goes right after that because he uh, Scott Calvin has a he gets introduced at that um, event as Santa Claus, and all the kids are laughing and. Neil and uh, Wendy Crewson. Uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't remember. Mom. Yeah. They always call her mom. Wendy Crewson's the actress. But So they get called into the principal's office and they ask... Laura. Laura. They ask what uh, he what they did on Christmas Eve. And he said, you know, they shared a bowl of sugar, had a shot of brown liquor, <laughs> played with my shotguns. Ah, that ah. was a leftover line from... Uh, For fuck sure it was. <laughs> field dressed a cat. And he read him a, and he's like, I read him a book, folks, come on. He's like, what book? And he's like, Hollywood Wives. And that was a joke in the 90s about, like, book the, the book Hollywood Wives, which mm-hmm. is such a weird joke now, but still funny in the movie. I don't know what that is. You don't know what it is. It's a book. But not there the dead, you go. The dead, not the Dead Wives Club. What's it called? It's called Hollywood Hollywood no, the, Wives. The, one, the First Wives Club? First Wives Club. <laughs> That's that a, movie. a movie. Is that a book before? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Probably. Anyway, <laughs> look, there's a... There's comedy going on all over the place and then we get the transformation scenes which as a child are so fun he starts getting chubbier okay but let's talk about the scene where he's chubby and he comes back to work oh good <laughs> i had i wrote this yeah you know, so I mean, yep. this is a board meeting mm-hmm. and he's rocking in he's coming peter in. boyle is in the scene he was in the beginning and here he is and he's the boss so here comes tim allen into this conference room mm-hmm. with big windows beautiful conference it's a room. big they're in, they're up in a tall yeah. building and they're high up but it's yeah. kind of like you see the inner part of it. it's like a hollow building kind of and he's rocking some sweatpants, mm-hmm. a t-shirt, mm-hmm. and a suit jacket. Yeah. And he's chubby. Like, he's got a big gut. Yeah, hanging out. And so he walks in, and everyone is really fucking rude to him. Well, they're pretty bad, yeah. They're like, what the fuck happened to you? Well, they don't say fuck, but... Scott Calvin. You gotta remember the culture of this place, though. This is the same people that had to be stuck at a Christmas party on Christmas Eve yeah. with these people. So they're all negative, toxic yeah. people, right? So That's he's what's like, happening. Oh, I got a bee sting. Hey, Susan, maybe he did have a fucking bee sting. Get he's like, off what his happened? Ass. He's like, bee sting. Evidently, I'm allergic. 
<laughs> and then he goes on to grab a menu where apparently there's 85 items to choose there's from. a waiter who's got a bow tie on and it's okay fantastic. maybe i've never been to a movie. maybe we are ignorant maybe this was the 90s maybe it's a bigger a big city thing by the way this movie doesn't have a it's not specified where it takes place we were guessing chicago just from the exterior I told aerial you. shots you I said told you a, un, a yeah. made up tone tone town but it, it's i think the In city Illinois. part is supposed to be chicago yeah. right but so maybe we're just we're just bumpkins. We're back door. We're back backyard. Back country bumpkins. Back country bumpkins that don't understand how meetings work in the big city. But this was fascinating to me then and now. There's a waiter in an office building with a bow tie, and they have a full menu to choose from. Mm-hmm. Like a full menu. Plus he orders like several desserts. Everything off the menu. Dessert wise. And in the last shot of him, they're all waiting for him to finish. Mm-hmm. He's working on his thing the only thing left that he didn't eat was the salad because <laughs> everybody ordered a couple of people ordered salad right and even he some also of the people ordered salad, but he didn't eat it he's ate everything else with you didn't uh, notice that all these years of watching yeah no i saw that because earlier she's like his main partner is like i'll have my uh dressing on the side and then because everybody's looking at him when he orders his hot fudge sundae he goes extra hot fudge on the side on the side and then they get into the total tank uh, presentation, which is uh, he, look. He's correct to call this out. It's a horrible uh, advertising campaign for a tank toy. First of all, and the tank, like, what is this toy? It seems to be life size. This is not important to the movie at all. Though. I don't care. But it's a a toy <laughs> that uh, they show Santa Claus riding in. So it's like a life size, like it's like a Hot Wheels, but it's a tank. And I don't. And you have to build it. And you got to build. And the parts break. He's right about this. They're yep. giving him shit, but it's like this is a shitty. This is not yep. a good, not a good campaign for what this is. Santa Claus isn't going to be rolling down into town on in a Panzer like mm-hmm. uh, Tim Allen says. And yeah, I don't know. There's so many. De- I love fun fact love number three about this movie. <laughs> Tim Allen was at a high point because he was number one at the box office. Oh yeah, Home Improvement was America's number one rated TV at show. the time. Yeah, and what else? His book was. Uh, what was the title of the book? Uh, it's something men, oh gosh, men's in the title or something like that. I remember this name of this book because it was like a thing for a while. My it dad, pretty sure time. my, pretty sure my dad had it this It was book. in November of 94. And it was like some of his, con- from his story plus some of his stand-up routine. All right. Well, you're one for four. Uh, that, I, come on. The title of the book, fun fact, was Don't Stand Too Close to the Naked Man. Naked Man. man. Don't Stand Too Close to the Naked Man. It was number one on the New York Times bestsellers list. Right. So... That's, I mean, I knew it was the book. Fun fact number four. Okay. That what was four. What is a specific scene? That was scene? four. This is five. Fun fact number five. Figure out your number. What was a specific scene that was a nod to home improvement in Santa's workshop? Uh, there, what? There's so many nods to home improvement on this, this movie. Specifically in the Santa's workshop. We've jumped past that point now. Now I'm not in that mindset. We've specifically got. Specifically in the workshop. Uh, oh, they, they, well, they sing, uh, everybody starts singing the, Chris, the. <laughs> no. Santa Claus is coming to town. No, I know. I was just saying that. Oh, let's see. There's the ballroom scene. There's uh, who's the boss? You are scene. Fail. Bernard is one uh, for five now. I'll ship the list to your house. That's what he says. And and then the elves go. Ooh. Nope. Nope. Let me explain something to you. I can do the whole scene if you want. Scott Calvin picks up a tool belt. Oh yeah, and it doesn't fit. Holds it's it a to toy his belt. Waist for a moment, reminding him us of his tool obsessed TV character. That's so stupid. That's like the whole movie is that character. That's a dumb thing. Mm-hmm. I remember that though. You're still one for. He was like a toy one, so it didn't like quite fit. Okay, I'm not. Why are you numbering these? Why would I know that off the bat? I know the scene. Six. I remember it. We're we still doing this. 
Name one of the characters from Home Improvement who had a brief cameo in the movie. Oh, I know that. It's Benny. And it's Benny. The t- I was going to talk about this. It's I was going to point it out. It's Benny, Benny the Barone. truck driver. When he first gets on the sleigh, he's the one driving the thing. And he looks over and he's just dumbfounded by what's happening. It's Benny, who's the guy who was annoying at the... He was, first of all, he was, uh, he's mainly known as the guy that was in the, the tool, uh, store or the, the hardware store that they would go to a lot where Al ended up kind of co-owning for a little while. It was like 25%, although he acted like he was a owner. Stupid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But anyway, he was there a lot. But he was also like the butcher in the man's kitchen episode of Home Improvement. Oh. Yeah, he was there and they, I think they even call him Benny. And then uh, he kind of reappears a bunch other times. He actually like, like he like live, li- stays with the Taylors for a, a few days at one point, and he overstays as welcome. That's another episode. I got. I mean, I've seen a lot of episodes. Of Home that's a, that's impressive. I, <laughs> yep. Thank you. Uh huh. It's Benny. Um, Tim Allen earned two MTV Movie Awards for this role. <laughs> yes, two of them, huh? Best lead he performance, comedic two performance. Movie award nods. Oh, that's not the same. He scored Everybody a nod for best breakthrough performance. Why would you write this down? <laughs> Who did he lose to for Best Breakthrough In 94? Mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction or John Travolta? Kirsten Dunst in Interview with the Vampire. Well, that was maybe I'm a year. Oh, that's weird. But he also lost Best Comedic Performance to... 94. Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Jim Ace Carrey. Ventura, Ace Ventura. 94, Dumb and Dumber? Yes. Yeah, there's a few movies. Correct. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. There you go. Was that fun? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you rattle all of them now? No, I've got like 20 more. Amazing. Um, oh, so we go to the... Uh, talk to me about this. Uh, I was curious about your thoughts. When he does, does get chubby and his hair is growing really fast, he goes to the doctor. Talk oh, to man. me about this doctor. This, uh, doctor's a, this doctor is the perfect epitome of typical American doctors where they're like, I don't know what's wrong with you. And you're like, cool, so glad I'm paying you all this money. Oh, hey, I gained what was 45 pounds 45 in a week. 45 pounds in one week. Oh, that's weird. No, that's not weird. That's fucking, you're, something is wrong. You might have cancer. You Test your thyroid. <laughs> and then he's like, what else did he say? He's really it's hot. It's middle age, buddy. He's really hot. Hot flashes, yeah. Yeah, that's temperature regulation. Your thyroid is no, but because he ran on a, a treadmill and his heart rate sounded fine or his pulse sounded okay, he's like, well, you're, health, you're healthy as a horse. And he's like, slap Clydesdale. That's another line. So funny. Yeah, um, but it's like a, a prosthetic. Uh, it Belly looks pretty that good. had to put on. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, but it's, it, this doctor is uh, Sucks. Not, not concerned. This is why you need to not always just He go correctly goes to the doctor, doctor. But, I mean, and yes, I think that the now ultimately the scene, I think, works because it's trying to convey to us that he is not suddenly unhealthy he is magically turning into santa claus and so that is kind of the we're in on the joke of that right he's not unhealthy this is just what happens to santa claus right yes so i mean i like that and i like the fact that this doctor i mean again, again we've established the doctor is poor is, is poor and is not good at this and he should go see another doctor but in this universe if this doctor was like a good doctor his uh diet of milk and cookies is totally fine because his he's healthy. Like he's that's healthy. what Santa Claus eats, yeah, and so it's therefore fine. it's fine. Totally fine. I like that explanation. Uh you know, he gets uh, more hair, magically comes off. What happens? His wife his ex wife gets upset because this is crazy, right? Blah blah blah. Did you want to talk about how there's elves sprinkled in throughout We do have movie? to eventually talk about this because I always knew that I remember them being in the beginning in the toy scene with that that scene that I like where he's driving through the neighborhood and I remember there being a girl with ears there and then I remember of course at the end because they make it well known that they're there but then 
I, I think we, maybe because we were tipped off of this, we were aware of this throughout the movie, and it's fun and terrifying to try to watch these kids run around with uh, ears uh, going by. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's an elf in the Denny's. You said that, and we tried to go no, back. No, we and... didn't try. We forgot. Oh, we you were going to go back. I was like, go back now. And you're like, we'll go back. After. We were like 40 minutes in. I didn't want to go back. We didn't go back. Because it was Disney Plus okay. doesn't have an easy. So well. let's talk about that. Okay. If there's an elf in the Denny's beforehand, right. this aligns with your theory. Absolutely. That it is by design. Yes. They are already there watching out what's going on here because that is uh, what's going to happen. Now, wasn't that elf with a, a father figure? I don't remember. Because they're only kids. We didn't go back and watch it. The only kids that are in that scene are the ones sitting with adult parents. And so, what's happening there? Does it just this other kid that randomly sat up? Is that dad in on it? Are those other kids in on it? There is a whole conspiracy. So, there's that scene. There is one right behind him in the fireman's, uh, the take your career day, take your parents to work. Right behind Charlie in the desk. Right behind Charlie in the desk. So, is this kid been in the class all year long? Is he just there today? Why isn't the teacher freaked out about it? Is there a spell where people can't see that he's an elf? His ears are clearly gigantic. They show a close-up of it when he stands up. They're pointy ears. They're pointy ears. What is happening? Is the teacher not recognized there's a bonus student in the class today? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a spell. It's a magic spell. And, but they're there, and we see them. We, as the audience, continue to see them. They mm-hmm. are. There's one that is at the soccer game when kids are lining up to tell uh, Scott Calvin what they want for Christmas. One of them is not in line to talk to him. She walks behind him in the background. Again, if you think about it this way, it's a little bit creepy it's like seeing pennywise walk by or something <laughs> or you know what i mean no it's like seeing the ghost and fucking three men and a baby you're like oh right god there's there's only, one. only this is real no. <laughs> ghost is real no it's not it's a stand-in okay sure it was tyler oh gosh. we'll do an episode on sure that and we'll take care was. of that too uh oh because you're just gonna believe what they tell you i've seen it okay and it's scary it is. Just like these little elves sprinkled throughout. It is creepy. Pleasant. When you start noticing it, it is almost just like this Ooh. creepy, like, oh my god, I just saw that. It's horrible. It's kind of <laughs> horrifying. And you just, uh, yeah. So then every time you, you spot one, it's a new surprise. You need to remake the Santa Claus as a horror movie. Now, is there... I, well, there's a fodder for it, that's for sure. But is there an elf playing soccer? Or no? You, have, they, you don't, don't see that so. anyway. I didn't see one. But then, of course, they are at the end when at the climax where they he takes off or whatever. So he okay. So we got we got that. The climax of this movie, which I I kind of appreciate where this goes. We do have this kind of bit where he gets uh, he, he loses his custody because Charlie tells the judge the story, and the judge is like, "Fuck, like a crazy this guy's fucking nuts." So he loses his custody, but then. <laughs> I mean, so this kids, is if strange. you don't want to live with your dad, just make up a fucking story about how he thinks he's Santa Claus. Well, yeah, the, judge will believe the other people are uh, the parent. Other parents are in on it, but no. So they think like he's gonna come by the house, and then he's just like, yeah, you know what's a good idea? I just lost custody. I think I'm gonna kidnap him because <laughs> he kidnaps and then he's like, him. Can I have a few moments to say goodbye to Charlie? And the very smart stepdad. Is like, that's not a good idea. My name is Judge. And the mom's like, oh, it's fine. And he's like, this is a bad idea. Yeah, it's a bad fucking idea. Now the kid gets kidnapped. He shouldn't even be there. God damn it, I don't agree with the assessment, but he legally should not be there. If you're putting it still custody, maybe not leave your child unattended with him. Not with the guy that is now like fully wearing like a Christmas sweater and he's got a big. psycho, keep your eye on your kid. Yeah. Pretty 
nuts. So he gets, uh, they take some, they go back to the thing. We got a good little montage bit of like a new, more power, uh, improvements to the sleigh, to his suit, fire retardant suit. What? You're raising your hand. questions about this. Great. (laughs) Okay. Love it. So, uh, why didn't the elves present all this to the old Santa? They did not like him. Was the old Santa just like this old jackass and they're like, he's fucking dead. Okay, I gotta bring out all our new stuff. We have all these ideas we've been harboring for years and years and years and years and years. And now that he's fucking dead, here they are! He wasn't an innovator. That's the thing. He was not giving an opportunity yeah. to his divi- elves These to elves that. were like, bye old Santa, here's our new fucking idea. Now that being said, if you go toward my more of my general positive theory about this, is that this Santa Claus was very nervous about his first full year. He's worried about falling off a roof. He's worried about these dangerous things. And so they are trying to address those concerns for him because they care about his job. And so they're giving him these advancements. And Charlie, by the way, is kind of the one, because he knows that his dad is insecure about it, kind of leading the way on there. Although when is he? when has they done this? Did he... Did he go up? They did came up with this all. Oh, we were working with Charlie for some good ideas. It's like, well, when have you been well, talking to him? We just kidnapped him on according Christmas. According to Marion, it wasn't Christmas Eve. It oh, it was, was like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. She forgot the part where, like, because he's cause we get the scene where they deliver the list to his house, and it's all those boxes, right? And he trivia: which two famous people are on the list? Armand Asante is one of them. And it goes Armand Asante. I don't know. Is it on the A list? <gasps> yes, it's on the A list. Come on. You got it. I don't know. You got it. Ari Arad, Arid, the producer of the Marvel no. series? He might be on there. Try again. I don't know. You're derailing Andre. my thought. Andre. Agassi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andre Agassi. So, no, but but earlier in the movie, Bernard says, like, you're due back here at Thanksgiving. And he's like, I'm not coming back here at Thanksgiving. He's like, I'll ship the list to you. So that is like your, your time stamp of, like, the list comes to his house around Thanksgiving. So much more time went he by. He said, I'll that. see you back in... At Thanksgiving. We'll see, you, you go back, you have a year to get your affairs in order, and then you come come back here on Thanksgiving, and he's like, I'm not coming back here at Thanksgiving. He's like, I'll ship the list to your house. So that so, is your timestamp that says, is like... It, or is it like, no, you're fucking coming back here at Thanksgiving? No. That was Marion's theory. No. Oh, also a question that I just had thinking of that. So then you're... That, get your affairs in order. Does that mean that he has to, like... okay Fake death. <laughs> Scott Calvin. Scott Calvin is gone. What the fuck happened what to happened Scott Calvin? What happened to his Calvin? job? <laughs> his job. So, like, Neil and uh, Laura are going to be in on it. That's his fine. His retirement, his yeah, 401k, his savings account, his life insurance. Did he fake his Just death? Just veers off the road. <laughs> Where... Th- I mean, they kind of give a burn, nod to it. Get and he, your affairs his car in burns up, and then, like, there's no there's no body. Yeah. yeah. Like, Neil, by the way, is getting looked at by the police for a while. For sure. Although, what's weird is that the police... See, the, the police are informed of all of this, right? Like, they... Because they go, they have to, like, look for Scott Calvin, and there's oh, a big manhunt. Oh, you multi-million dollar manhunt <laughs> yeah, going yes. on? There's a huge manhunt. So they know about this. So then, like, what? If, like, three months later, like, this guy dies in a fiery crash, like, Neil is getting looked at. Right? Like, all these other people are getting looked at. Like, why does this guy die all of a sudden? Right? That's weird. Like, they're going to get constant questions about that. If he even... What if he shows up, like, when, like, the cops are watching him, watching the family? Like, where does Scott Calvin go? He just died. Like, we... Like, he... Like, what's going on with this? And then they see him while they're watching him. They make sure they didn't murder him. And then they just see him. Like, what? He's, like, got his beard. Like, where do you... Or do they just relocate him? Like, he quit his job and went to go work up north. That's probably the easier way, Right? Sure. That's the easier way. Just quit your job, sell your house. Why are sure. we why don't we go to murder? That's so weird that we went to murder when you could easily just like quit your job and sell your house and move on. Like no one's gonna care. Is he still paying taxes? 
He's going to have to do that He's into like the next human. year, though, because, well, he'll just go live in another country. It'll be fine. He moves out of the country. That's how you do it. Solves uh, the problem. Like not, mm, so yes. you got to get a passport. What I, but that, that causes more questions because... In the sequel, it's established that he still has a relationship with Charlie in the real world and, like, attends exactly. school things, and he's Scott Calvin still. Exactly. So Scott Calvin is still existing. So clearly he must stick, keep up a dual... Keep up a dual... A uh, dual citizenship? A, a dual citizenship and a dual identity. identity. He's got a secret identity and a regular identity. That's what he means by getting your affairs order. Because like, you are going to have to be up here. You're going to probably live here, is what yeah. the impression is. You veered me off this. I, I got going off on tangents, but I think it is all airtight. They figured it's out. airtight. They figured Tyler it out. Wilson. So... Uh, we never mentioned that we have some animatronic uh, or puppet uh, reindeer in the movie. Comet is the mouthy one, right? It's kind of funny. He farts or burps or whatever. It's good stuff. Comet's grumpy at the beginning of the movie, but then he's like, he's the guy. He's like his fucking guy later in the movie uh, and for the series, right? And he give he's the one who actually gives him a rope. In case, because he was worried, because they're worried about him. They're worried about his first full year of doing this. You know, they're concerned about him. Comet is Nobody helping him out. Nobody cares about the reindeer, Tyler. I care. Oh yeah, fuck you. Because yes, they do. Because why would if no one cared about it, why would the sequel include like way more with the reindeer, including like a new reindeer named Chet who flies around? That's an awful addition. Nope, like it. <laughs> Tell me about one eight hundred spank me. Oh. <laughs> Um, there's a, how this, I, this sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't have it off the top of my head. You don't? Nope. I don't remember what scene it's from. Tim Allen, I mean, Scott Calvin gives mm-hmm. out a phone number and it's a joke, right? And, uh, they left it in the movie. Well, that's a real phone sex line. And, uh, it racked up a lot of, uh, I don't remember issues. this line of dialogue. Oh, you don't? Okay. Let me Google it really quick to give you the specific, uh. I don't you. I don't know what that is. Um we get what I think is the only thing that really dates the movie a little bit is this elf squad of flying elves rescue people that go and rescue Tim once he gets caught because again he's kidnapped his son. All right, I have it if you're ready. Okay, great. I was just stalling. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> yeah. I have a clip of it. Great, play it. Here it comes. Anytime. Oh, yeah. So that's Neil's mom's number, and he's just making a joke. Oh, well, oh, 1-800-SPANK-ME. Yeah, it's in the I beginning. Right at the beginning. That's right. Okay. Um, so yep, that's I remember a that. real phone number. And it caused such a fucking uproar because kids were calling it. And it's a real phone sex line. That's great. I can't believe I forgot that. It's right in the beginning. In future releases, they cut it out. So if oh, that's you have probably a why DVD seen... of it, you did not see this. You it's... do not get this. Oh, is that the reason? They cut it out. I remember that. Was, was it on the Disney Plus version we watched? Probably not. We should probably double check I, that. I bet you money that's why not. That's why, when you say that, I remember that now, but I don't, I think it's on the VHS of still. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, VHS is. I probably, I wonder if I still have my VHS probably somewhere. Probably not. I, I have my DVD. Yeah. No, so that is. a fun fact. I remember that, but yeah, it must not be, like, when we've it seen it lately, it's not out. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty big, uh, <laughs> I mean, I get it. That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I don't like these at the end. These the elf, the flying elves thing. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of uh of these rescue elves that come in. It's very in. much for like the children. Yeah, I like it's that, fun. but the effect is kind of weird. The thing I didn't uh, mention was again he is gone. To, he's kidnapped his kid and then decides on Christmas Eve to go back to the house that you know is getting watched and is like surprised that he's caught here and then doesn't like oh where's charlie he's like he's on the in a lot of breakdown here dumb on his part right you've already kidnapped your child maybe he needed to return him right but then like the cops are just like he's in the sleigh and they're just like i don't know you see a guy who just randomly got into the house you've been watching the house yeah maybe like how, how did he get in the house he said he's in the sleigh Maybe the first thing you might want to at least do is look the fuck up and see if also, there's a, 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 a sleigh on the roof. Yeah, if you have a SWAT team, I'm pretty certain someone's going to be stationed in the backyard. They didn't have a SWAT team in that scene. They just had cops, and they had, like, flashlights. I still feel like someone would be in the backyard. The SWAT team came at the end. Yeah, no, there was somebody someone in the background. Yeah. And they make it look like you can't see where the sleigh is on the front side of the house, but, like, why wouldn't you just walk around and look and see what it was? It's fucking dumb. And then it takes a while for those elf guys to fly down and get pick them up, and then they fly, and then, and then they fly over the cop right there, and he the cop sees this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't know, should I call this in? Or, like, I don't know, did he call it in? I mean, yeah, there's a SWAT team later, but... um yeah, I'm not no a fan. No one's going to believe them. They do that little uh, comedy thing, slapsticky thing, where they tie up the the guard. He's a guy that likes donuts. Cause no, he's the one police officer the, in the Because they're all on the manhunt. They're all on the manhunt. Who doesn't want to be that guy when he's like, so this is what happened, and he has to file that fucking report. And I, the lead elf guy is the kid. He like I like Jake. It's not Jake Lloyd. That's another one. Charlie mm-hmm. is the the kid. He's I think a good. He's good in the movie. He's not overly kid actory. Even with his fake teeth. Yeah, don't bother me. Um, but this elf kid, he's a little bit older. The one that's the flying elf. He's a smug little fucker, though. Fun fact about he's you, just like you a fun like children. <laughs> no, but he just he seems like he's overacting. He's like tinsel, not just for decoration. Fucking hate him. Just shut up. I'm trying to punch him in the face. I'm glad those guys didn't come back for the sequel. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, another random question okay. about Santa in yep. this uh, movie. Yep. So in this movie, mm-hmm. we know as the audience that Santa is real. Right. So like. The parents who don't believe, because some parents stop believing, yep. um, when the presents are there in the morning, are not shocked? Well, I think it goes into this thing where the movie is positing that, like, uh, Scott Calvin thinks that he's gotten these jammies from... Is it a spell? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Like, the parents think that maybe they got it? Yep. Or the other spouse did it, you know? They just like, forgot. Yeah, it, there's like a, a spell, spell going on. It's intentional because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you... Because, I mean, right, it's like a... If less trouble, you know what I mean? Less less awareness of what's going on is probably the better for this whole setup, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's probably why. We forgot to mention another really good... Kind of the last really good comic scene in this movie is when he is in interrogation and he lists off the names of... Uh, Santa Clauses around the world. And he says, you say your name, and then you say Scott Calvin. So I say name, and you say Scott Calvin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he says, like, all the ones, including, uh, what was the one that you, we, I know it's like, ho, ho, jijo. What is that from? <laughs> I had it. It's from the Ed Sullivan. I love it. That's my favorite one. And he laughs after. But then he laughs after that. I love that. Uh-huh. Such good stuff. So funny. 
Um, and then you get, uh, I think, is a pretty good. Uh, cl- it's it's so low key, especially when you look at like the sequels and stuff, like Go On Later and all these other movies. It's such a low key ending, right? Because mm-hmm. you already get the seed planted of uh, Neil and Laura's like gift that they didn't get, mystery date, and uh, the weenie whistle. And so that drops from the sky at the tail end of this, and people are all like really excited about seeing it. It's a very magical scene, right? Other than like the fake snow falling, uh, like CGI in a couple, not mm-hmm. well, whatever CGI. It was CGI or it was matted or whatever. But, um, but the scene before that is like where Scott Calvin realizes he has to kind of like not be like a dick, and like he has a good scene with Laura, who they've gone through this whole trouble, by the way, of getting custody away from him. And then, like, a day goes by, he's kidnapped them, the kid, and then she's like, oh, well, I'm just going to throw these custody papers in the fire. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe think a little bit before you decide all this. But they they are believers now, uh-huh. and so that makes sense. Neil does not believe it until I pretty much when he gets that, uh, he leans into the screen and goes, Santa? Because he got his little whistle. No, that's before. No, he doesn't get the whistle then. The whistle is after. <clears throat> when they're dropping stuff out the thing, he didn't get his oh, whistle then. okay. Uh, but uh, he really doesn't start believing until, like, Bernard shows up and is eating his food and makes a comment about his sweater saying it's really nice. Did we make this? All good stuff. So- all good stuff. But he's like, oh, this is all – he's sucking us into our delusions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good scene. It's good stuff. It works. There's enough comedy elements that are going in there so it's not too sappy. You get the magic. That's how t- – uh, the, uh, the, well, we get the the magic globe, which had a good scene before that when Tim Allen finally realizes what's happening to him. That comes back, and that's what he can – he can have the ball. He can call upon him at any time. I think it's all low-key, but it works. Mm-hmm. It's just – it has that heartwarming aspect to it that these Hallmark movies try so fucking hard, and they can never do because they don't actually cut it with anything because you need to cut it with humor. And you need and the sequel. I mean, even the sequels have trouble with this. You have to cut the humor, cut it with humor, but and but also like earn your arc. You have to earn this arc. He was a fucking dickhead, and now he's Father Christmas. Mm-hmm. He was the worst father in the world. Now he's the father of all Christmas. That's an arc. It's good stuff. That is and an Tim arc. Allen is a charismatic performer. I'm sorry, he just is. It's a good arc. There's a reason why this was a hit, and there's a reason why he got to make. Several other movies of varying quality after this, eventually culminating with one of the worst Christmas movies ever, which is Christmas with the Cranks, which is hilariously bad in so many ways, but it is, it's terrible. And other movies that aren't very good, but come on. Are you ready? What? For the fan? I am ready. Fiction. The fan. Have we been talking about this movie longer than the movie itself? Get in there. Great. Perfect. That's what my goal was. Okay. So we've established that there have there are lots of Santas. Over and history there has we been. We know that in the second movie they're required to have wives. Correct. So there's a lot of wives. Correct. We also um, know that Judy, Elf Judy, has been working on a hot cocoa recipe for 1,200 years. Sure. Um, the secret cocoa recipe is mentioned several times in the movie, right? It's, in the sleigh. And, oh, it's like mm-hmm. extra chocolate. Not too hot. Shaken, not stirred. Shaken, not... Extra chocolate. Shaken, not stirred. Took you 1,200 years to figure that out, huh, Judy? Took me 1,200 years to get it right. 1,200 okay. years. So... Look good for, I have to say, look good for so you. So question, <laughs> what happened to all the Santas? They More disagree. disturbingly, what happened to all the wives? I don't think the situation that we see play also, out is always how this works. Also, uh-huh. 
as you watch the franchise, I know we're talking about the first one, but mm-hmm. you go into number two and number three. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, so Judy's been around for 1,200 at least fucking years. Right. And then suddenly, number two, she's fucking gone. There's a new hot cocoa maker, and no one seems to give a fuck. It all comes down to the elves not giving a shit. They're like, meh, meh, meh. Okay, movie number three. But... They, I mean, there's a logistical reason for that. The kids age out. There was Movie, six, there yeah, was that's fine, that's eight fine. years between sequels. This isn't sequels. real, this is just fun. Okay, but that, I'm just saying, Movie, you can't base something on that or a logistical requirement. They couldn't bring Judy Movie back at that number age. number three. You could not bring Judy back to that character. Bernard is now mysteriously gone and no one gives a fuck Because either. again, you said he couldn't, he was filming numbers. So all And also he looked 45. And no one cares. No one gives, no one, not a fucking peep. In the third movie, though... They've also introduced this idea of the escape clause where you can actually, like, be vacated from the throne and not disappear and die. That's what happens because Jack Jack Frost, Martin Short... Be vacated from the throne. Martin Short, as Jack Frost, becomes Santa Claus in that movie because he's able to get... Tim at Scott Calvin removed Spoiler. from the position. I'm just saying, I mean, I don't, I think that movie's not very good. It's definitely an inferior, but I'm just saying that they create lore that is not, they don't just disappear. There are other things that happen. Yes, this was one are. scenario that played out for him sure. to be, and that's why I think it was like, a, he, he was destined. This was a, they chose him. Sure. This Santa Claus, his wife probably died of like uh, tuberculosis, and so he was lonely. There was no succession plan in place at the time. He was fucking tired. He wanted to go see his dead wife in uh, uh, Valhalla or whatever we're doing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to share your fan theory here and keep defending. Just enjoy the ride. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, you take this movie seriously. I do. <laughs> okay, so and then in the third movie, mm-hmm. there's a scene where they're sort of like in the kitchen eating area, and one of the characters goes, how come the oven in the kitchen is bigger than the delivery room? Why do the elves have such a large oven? Okay, fan theory. They cooking people for the hot cocoa. That's what it is. That's where everyone's going. None of the elves can get attached because they all know randomly people are getting cooked for the hot cocoa in the big oven. I do not like this theory. I find it frustrating. (laughs) Elves, by design, as other movies have told us, they are either toy makers or they are cookie makers and trees. Therefore, you would need a lot of ovens. Come on. Let's not get gross. They cook cookies. Yeah. They make a ton of cookies. out of fucking dead elves. They're still over Dead there. Elf is and Judy is Judy okay? Dead. You know how you explain that? Dead and cooked. Is Judy not allowed to get a different job in the company? Maybe she didn't. She Dead had, and cooked. She just got hit on by the new Santa Claus. Dead she and doesn't, cooked. Listen to me. Where did all got, the wives go? Where are all these women? And did these people have children? Because I just explained. Scott Kelvin has. You were so excited about reading your thing. I told you there could be. Uh, this was the only time. Maybe not the only time, but one of. The, this doesn't happen every time where they just disappear. There's a succession plan in place. Oh, Charlie there, talks about Charlie, becoming so the Santa Claus. Your theory is definitely truth, but someone else's. Theory it certainly makes not. more sense than cooking them in the ovens. That's ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> No. Judy got hit on by Santa Claus. She obviously asked for a transfer like the next fucking day. Hashtag me too. It's easy. Like it's an e- that's way why would we go into these paths when you could just easily explain it away it's that way? It's fun. I like my logic of warmth <laughs> and Santa happiness. Claus is perfect. It's not a sexist horrible show movie. How's it sexist? <gasps> How is it sexist? How is it not? Other than sexist? he's hitting on Judy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on, you can come up with more. No, you tell me. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> your face. You tell me. 
Less the first one, definitely the second one. The second one... Which I'll save when we podcast on number The second two. one, though, has Elizabeth Mitchell as the character who becomes Mrs. Claus, and their courtship, I think, is a good stretch of that movie, and I think it's uh, lovely and romantic, so eat shit. It's lovely and romantic. I do, I like that segment of it's that movie. It's like, hey, trick on you, your husband's now fat and fucking gross, but you're a woman, and you must just be fine with that, because women don't have a I sex believe... or a libido or care what their man looks like. They show later Trapped. where Tricked she... You. We're not talking about that movie. He tricks her. I don't. I think she he gets a little bit her. of a transformation as well, doesn't she? No, I don't remember in the third. No, movie, No, she gets to stay nice and hot for him, and he gets all nasty for her. Goddamn right. F- That's the deal. Uh, He's Santa. What do you? It's Santa Claus. <laughs> it, That's how That's it is. A trick. He traps her. Well, yeah. That's the whole point. He has to get married. That's, <laughs> that's the whole premise. Up. It's fucked up. That's yeah. fucking sexy. Well, that's the sequel. We're not talking about the sequel. No, we're not. I agree. That is a weird premise for a Disney film. It is a fucking... That being said, I still lady. think that the romantic courtship of that movie, if you forget the fact that he's, like, you know, trying to trap her into a weird marriage, he... They ultimately... That comes out fine. He ultimately is like, yeah, sorry. Because she just has to be cool with it. No, she... Like, she had... They established that character... We're talking about the wrong movie, but they established I that character... I haven't seen that movie in fucking forever. Oh, so our kids really, really want to watch it, I know. so... Elliot, every day. The kid, Can we watch Santa Claus, too? The kid, uh, uh, she makes a point in the movie to talk about how, as a kid, she just kind of... It's actually even weirder, because she's like, I idolize Santa Claus, and blah, blah, blah. She, like, kind of had, like, a thing for him or something. She's into the beard and stuff at the end of the movie, too. She's like, Oh, there we go, like just it. doing more of that, like... Ch- ch- I have a beard. I weigh more than you. Is it a problem? I mean, oh. if if you were like Chris Hemsworth hot, and then all of a sudden overnight you were not, and I was just supposed oh. to be okay with that. Oh, so you're a gold digger. I got it. You're a gold digger. I'm a gold digger. You're a Mrs. Claus. You're a bougie little gold digger. I, I get it. Captain Marvel shirt you have on. I know. It's, it's very mine. sexy. Thank you. You're a bougie gold digger who can't accept the fact that Elizabeth, uh, what, what's that shit? I, should, I said her name before. Banks, not Elizabeth Banks. That's a different actress. Who did I say? Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost. You're just mad that Juliet is going to go from Sawyer on Lost to Tim Allen Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean that is a leap when you just go from that logistical jump. But you know, she can like who she likes. What's the problem? She doesn't trapped. <laughs> she likes him, and he's lying to her. Yeah. Well, if they address that. Yeah. Okay. We're not talking about that movie. So why don't you stand? Hey, why don't you stand on your little soapbox some more? Fucking asshole! I can't believe I do this podcast. Why don't you stand on the soapbox and be like, "It's not feminist." I fucking hate you so much right now. I am a more bigger. I'm a bigger feminist than you, but I just happen to like uh, the Santa Claus. You don't like magic, is what you what are you telling me? I get it. Do you have any more fun facts for me? No, I fucking am done with you. You know, I'm just kidding. That's yeah, interesting. I can't wait I'm to watch. Right I can't wait to watch the Santa Claus too and explore this. But I don't. Oh man, we are going to watch it. Should we just do it for? An we already talked about it a little Probably. bit. Probably. We'll just wait. Maybe. Yeah, um, we'll that's wait all I week. got. I don't have. Um, oh, we didn't talk about this. I did like that fact where Charlie says, "I want to go into the family business," or because Neil says, "You'd make a great psychiatrist, kid." He's like, "Nah, 
I want to go into the family business. What a fucking burn on Neil. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, I know you're my stepdad, but you ain't fucking part of my family. If, if Scott Calvin heard that in the sleigh, you know that he was just like flipping him off too. He was like, ah, That's eat so shit. mean. Eat shit, I guy win. That's so mean. He's like, burn. I, I win this battle, fucker. Burn. That's just fucking cruel. You had it. You had it for a few months there, but I'm back. Also, baby. Charlie's planning to murder his dad. Oh yeah, he's planning on going. No, there's just you can. There's there can be other. He's a kid though, and he saw that how you how you become Santa is you fucking kill Santa. So for an eight year old. He's like, it was I'm going to go into the family business. I think it's very... They make it very clear that he did not kill him. He was, It was an accident. He oh, slipped. He meant to shoot him with a gun. Let's just remember that. That didn't happen. That is in a Jimmy Fallon interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tyler. Well, it has been a pleasure talking about the Santa Claus with you. It's great. You would definitely recommend it. I would, I would say go back and watch it if it's been a while. Especially if you have Tyler in the room, because he's going to quote everything before the people say it, just so you can give not everything. High fives and props. Not everything. I would just. I, what I like to do, because I don't like to be annoying when I watch movies. Let's <laughs> 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 set Good up one. for you. Good one. I do like to just try to choose the most obscure things that no one would ever want to remember from a line of dialogue, like not a quotable line, and just do like a random. Uh, I even had the number of. Uh, because at the end of the movie. Oh my God, the amount of thought you put into this. Because at the end of the movie. Uh, She's uh, Laura says like you could take a quick ride on the sleigh or whatever, and she's like not over any ocean, Scott, 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 and then she has Santa really loud and not stand of the movie, and I happen to say that verbatim speech with the correct number of Scots right before she said it, and that irritated you. <laughs> Do you want a digi metal? No, but you irritated you. Just because you th- you you get so like. No, proud of yourself. You actually have that wrong. Why I do that? You want to know the reason why I do that? Because it's fun. Because it irritates you. <laughs> Ever really irritated? I think it's just funny. Yeah. Well, either way. Because <laughs> you're like hanging out with the. Tail. If I can't get the laugh, then I'll get the annoyance. <laughs> you're such a dick. Yeah. God. That's true. Can't believe I'm married to you and doing a podcast with you. Sixty-one, baby. Episode six. It's our Roger Maris episode. I don't know what that means. All right. All right, guys, thanks for listening. This has been the 61st episode of Old Millennials. You put an asterisk on it. The best thing you can do is tell a friend about this podcast because that's how people do things. They do things that their friends tell them to do. How are we doing in the ratings? We are so high up there. Are we doing... uh, We'll have a Netflix show before you know it. Are we doing home improvement numbers yet? Oh, fuck yeah. We're doing home improvement numbers. We're doing last man standing numbers. (laughs) That's that Which are higher than home improvement numbers. No, they're not. That's not true. Are you sure? I may be at the tail end, but not during the home improvement rain. There's no way that. No, there's just no way. I'm not. That's not even. I'm not even shading Last Man Standing. In this in this realm of TV, there's like there's literally nothing on television that's ever going to have other than football is going to have high ratings like that because the 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 viewership is splintered. There's no way that it has high numbers like that. Now, what I was going to marriage (laughs) splintered like Ninja Turtles, but um, what? No, what I was going to say, this is uh, completely aside. We got what? time, right? <laughs> no, what? I was saw I saw Patricia Richardson do an interview recently, who what is the she mom. Have to do with anything? <laughs> She's the mom on Home Improvement. Okay. Where she was talking about, like, oh, well, we wanted to end, like, she was talking about, Tim and I decided to end the show, blah, 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 because, you know, we just, we wanted to stay good, and we didn't want to keep doing shows, or blah, 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 and uh-huh. I was just like, that's such fucking shit. <laughs> like, the last two seasons of that show were, were terrible. Like Jonathan Taylor, Thomas KTT bailed. Left. He bailed in the middle of that season. Yeah. Like I was like, all right, uh-huh. I'm a I I really like Home Improvement, but 
the last couple seasons are not good. Yeah. Like you guys, you guys quit because it wasn't, it wasn't working. Maybe the, maybe what you should have said, like it wasn't very, it's like we wanted to quit before it got bad. I was like, it got bad, Patricia. And speaking of sexist, woo, buddy. What? Home improvement. Oh, you know what? We talked about doing, oh, maybe we should, we talked about doing Christmas do episodes of Home episodes Improvement. episodes of Home Improvement for the 12 days of Christmas? We could, we could, and pick a lot of the Christmas movies. One of the reasons why I like I'm Home ending Im- the podcast. No, one of the reasons why I think I like Home Improvement, yes, Tim, the Tim the Tuman Taylor is an incredibly sexist man, but that show has a secret weapon. It's Patricia it's Richardson. She is it's the voice Jill. of reason throughout the entire show, and she is always right. And Tim, Tim the Toolman Taylor has to apologize and admit that he was wrong in every single episode. While it's funny that he is a sexist pig, he is in the wrong in every episode, and I think that that is good. It's teaching people the right message. Don't be a fucker. It's not that sex. It is a. He's a sexist character, but the show. Is uh, has a very positive uh, uh, female voice in them in the show, and Patricia Richardson, by the way, would say the same thing. All right, friends, thanks for listening to this home improvement podcast. She was on the oh some West Wing episodes too. <laughs> we will talk at you another movie. Bye. Oh, bye. Is that how Tim the Toolman Taylor would say goodbye? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> You're really bad at that. I'm not a good at the, I'm not good at the grunt. Uh Jesus. <laughs> why, why is it still going? Why are you bending over? What are you doing? Over my there? leg. Put my silk undies on. I'm trying to breathe or something. <laughs>